The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. This is a weekly show dedicated to all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me is regular co-host, Fishing Rico4. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Macca. That's the way. Um, and for the first time on the podcast, um, we've got one of the best usernames on Bigfooty, in my opinion. We're talking with Ranger in Teal. G'day, guys. How are we? Good, good. Good to have you on. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Now, as we do with all the new timers on the podcast, we'll just find out a little bit about your port-supporting background and how you came to support Port Adelaide. It's a family thing, bit of a, bit of a tradition that uh, started at the turn of the century, as in last century. Um, the great-grandfather, he captained a port schoolboy side against a bunch of American sailors. We've got the, the newspaper clipping still. Um, yeah, right. So, yeah, that was from Dad's side. Oh, my, grandma, my grandmother's father, he was a trainer with port through the Champions of Australia run. And um, yeah, just from then, it's just been bred into the uh, into the family bloodline. So it's not what religion you what religion you are, but whenever I bring a girl home, it's uh, who do you follow? So <laughs> yeah, it's poor way or no way. That's it. Good stuff. And what was your first game that you attended? Oh, I couldn't remember. Uh, I, can, I can remember a Port and Central's game in maybe '95 or '96. But uh, the game that stands out most in my mind is either the first game in the AFL, Collingwood, round 1 to 97, yep. or there was a Melbourne game in 97 too. Nice one. Yeah. And what about your favourite player? Michael Wilson, Brian Lees. Um, Leesy. More recently, uh, yeah, I don't know, more recently. I love Brian nah. Lees. He's one of my favourites too. He's kind of underrated. I reckon he was a bloody fantastic centre-halfback. More than the hair or the glove. Not too sure. A bit of glove love. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff. So did, you, did your grandfather keep any um, memorabilia from the from that championship era? Uh, we have a 1908 um, print up in our pool room at home. Um, yeah. And passed on. That was above, above his fireplace and above my grandparents'. Uh, fireplace and now it's in our pool room so it's been handed on through the family um, plenty of little um, knickknacks and stuff like a uh, tour to Tasmania and a uh, 1911 Adelaide Oval game pass thing you call it so yeah no yeah. it's pretty cool to see those things yeah right yeah yeah it's amazing all right well talking about memorabilia we might as well talk about the 2004 Guernsey which has just come on sale um, similar to the Round 23 game against Carlton this year where we wore the prison bars, uh, the club is releasing a, a limited edition Guernsey. Um, of the 2004 Premiership Guernsey, the old uh, SPS logo um, Guernsey, um, it's going to be $260. It's going to have uh, all the members' names on it who, who purchases it and also the uh, the Premiership team. Um, what do we think about that? I reckon it's a great idea. Why not uh, take advantage of the uh, the marketing opportunity and uh, and let's uh, recognise the the ten year anniversary? It's a shame that it's 
10 years, I can't believe how fast it's gone. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. You can't... Uh... You can't make history, or you can't make history. You can't uh, fabricate history. Um, but I think any opportunity we have to celebrate where we've been and where we've come from is a good chance, and we should grab it with both hands. I'm a sucker for Guernsey, so there's no, there's no doubt at all that I'll be purchasing <laughs> one. Um, do we think it will sell as much as what the prison bar did? No. No, I'm not sure it will either. Um, look, if, I reckon if they make you know another sort of 200 grand off it. I reckon that'll be a big success. It, it just, even if it's only 50, any, you know, anything's better than nothing. Yep, very um, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I'd like to hear Travis Boat come out or Brad Ebert come out and talk about the good players that did wear it, you know, show a bit of bit of respect for those lads. Um, good way to build the bridge for the blokes like Chad Collins and Dean Brogan that obviously left um, off of the olive branch and threw away the media. And it, there's going to be um, Brisbane playing us at home, aren't they? They are, yep. So there'd be some sort of uh, festivities on for that game, I would imagine. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, that'll be exciting. It'll be a good game to, to be at, at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. I wonder if we'll have Lee Matthews doing his yearly whinge about how the, the AFL <laughs> cost them the premiership that year. Without a doubt. As long as we remind them how they aided them uh, winning the three with the Salary cap concessions. Exactly, exactly. Nah, no, I think it's a good thing. And it's going to be a profit spinner for the club, so you'd think we'd sell at least a 1000 wouldn't you? Yeah. And any excuse to watch that 2004 grand final over and over again, probably not a bad idea. Uh, the next topic is the director of coaching. Um, we haven't really heard much about it for a couple of weeks now. Um, apparently the club didn't get a great response to the to the advertising, um, not saying that the applicants were poor, just that there wasn't a lot of them. Um, I'm not sure that we really wanted, you know, 200 applicants. Um, it's all about the quality. Um, so I guess the, the question needs to be asked is, do we need one? Um, or can we go this season coming without adding another name to the coaching staff? Oh, I would have really liked to have seen, I know we're not going to, but Hinkley, Richo and Walsh, that would have been, without a doubt, Probably, the, well, without a doubt, probably. Um, but the best coaching box in you know, in Australia. It would have been fantastic. But obviously, Rich O's gone. Um, I don't think we do need it. Not every side has got a director of coaching. But definitely something we should be looking to fill at a later date. Um, but does it have to come from footy? Could somebody like Phil Smythe come in on the uh, odd week? and Or could he Scott, like Dean Laley, try to? Yeah, I'd... I'm not sure we actually need a director of coaching this year, um, to be honest. I think I'm 50-50 about whether we need another name in the box on game days. Um, I think Walsh coming back is a massive, massive pickup, um, and I think we'll be all right, personally. Look, I think another another brain in the box probably wouldn't hurt. I don't think it has to be that director, director of coaching role, but I guess at the end of the day, it, there's no point picking somebody just for the sake of picking someone because we've got a spot you know you want to have someone with a bit of credibility and I guess if, if the, that person doesn't appear um, well then you know you don't you don't take advantage of it and you wait and you be patient I, I mean I was going to say when you were leading into this um, you know it's a bit of the where's Wally recruiting campaign but really we've been dealt a pretty rough stick haven't we and uh, with the timing and you know 
everyone's really taken a position, so it's going to be very difficult for us to sort of claw a footy mind anyway out of the uh, out of some of the opposition boxes. And uh, you know, the only the only one that keeps coming into my mind, which sends me a, a few nervous jitters, is uh, I could see Dean Laidley being someone who might try and jump at that sort of uh, opportunity. Got to hope. Yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so I think it's three of us in. Here in the green. Oh. Yeah. What, what I, the only thing I really uh, worry about, and I shouldn't say worry, but um, just monitoring how the how the the academy coaches are going and just to lend a hand to make sure the same message is being preached all the way through. I think that's probably more so the director of coaching, yep. obviously being the director of coaching, as opposed to being game day brain. Just so I think as long as we've got somebody monitoring what's going on, that could be uh, Ken, that could be one of the development coaches. Uh, but, yeah, just monitoring how the coaches are going about it and make sure we're all pulling in the right direction. Well, that's why it's such a big loss to lose Richo in the way that we did so late in the season. Um, I think if, if the right person is not there, then I really wouldn't worry about hiring someone else this year. Um, I'd rather get it right for the year after, to be honest. Yep, absolutely. But I mean, who are, who are the coaches? Hinkley, uh, Hocking's going to do the Maggies, and is it Healy for the academy? No, Healy's gone. Sure. Surgeon's doing the, oh, he... the academy. Well, I mean, they're three three knowledgeable um, football brains and a good age spectrum as well. So, you know, I mean, the people that are taking those roles are obviously, uh, you know, very smart people and uh, from a football perspective. So you'd have to think that they would be able to communicate with each other and, and get the same message across. And I'd imagine that would be governed by uh, uh, Hinckley in relation to the lower teams on what he wants to, to achieve. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too concerned. I mean, it, some, part of me thinks maybe it's more a, a title because, you know, every other club's got their senior assistant or, you know, senior strategist or whatever. I think, as it was mentioned in the paper the other week, it's probably more so the importance of maybe Ken Heakley being too stressed during the week, during the training, and having to do mu- too much uh, where Richardson was able to take some of that workload. So maybe just another assistant coach might uh, be enough just to help during the week. And I guess we've got Tyson Edwards that came into the box too, and um, I really rate him as a uh, as a football pl- brain. He was a great player. Yep, definitely. All right, well, we'll go on to the main topic of uh, discussion this week, which is pre-season training. Obviously, the club's just come back from Dubai, um, where they did their heat training under Darren Burgess. Um what do we think the pros of doing the heat training and especially going to Dubai are this season? I think the workload's up instantly. Yep. You know, um, got, the Crows had a bit of a dig that they were training in 34-degree weather, but it's been raining and pretty cool recently, so it's been a good move getting a, a constant uh, temperature and, and constant heat and constant humidity as opposed to up and down all over the shop over here. Yep. It's just, bang, this is our start. And we build from here. Hey, but wasn't it 34 degrees in Adelaide on Monday? Why'd we have to go to Dubai? Isn't that right? That's right. I'd, I'd take 34 and 19 and 18 and freezing cold today over, over Dubai any day. Yeah, right. But, I mean, it's interesting that you spoke about workload because, you know, if we, we'd quickly speak about our cross-town neighbours where it came out in the media, you know, they're up to, what, 40 k's a week. I mean, I'm no fitness expert, but, you know, 
does is it just running heavy running and that's all they need or you know it looked like our players really had a very diverse training session while they were over there in Dubai a lot of a lot of short sprints incorporated with more detailed running and then different exercises and yeah, it's quite interesting when we talk about workload. Well, I scoffed a bit when they said that they've been running 40 kilometres a week because we did 100, 100, 100 metre sprints and apparently a few more. And I, oh, that's, that's 10Ks just there in our sprint work. That wasn't including mm. the running with the balls and all that sort of stuff. 40Ks doesn't really seem like a real lot for, a, uh, for an AFL footballer pre-December. Um, so I, I'd, I'd say we'd be doing excessive 40Ks over in Dubai, but... Typical port, we won't get the, the media coverage of it. It'd be interesting to know how many hours the boys are actually doing in the pre-season in a week um, between their weight sessions and their running and, and skill sessions. I wonder if they're getting up to like 20, 30 hours a week. Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely. I mean, they're training every day, mm. sometimes two or three times a day. So um, they'd mm. be at the club for a good sort of six or seven hours a day, every day of the week, I would think. Hmm. Well, what did you think about the Dubai trip, Maka? It seemed to create a bit of controversy in relation to the budget spend and was it worth going over there and everything else? I think it's worth going over there. I think it's worth doing these sort of pre-season trips just to sort of bond the players together. Um, I think that's a very important aspect of it as well. Um, Especially sort of uh, you read back on the times where we went to New Zealand um, under Choco and Primus um, and how important that was for the premiership season. Um, I think that's a, an underrated aspect of, uh, of a pre-season training trip. Mm. Well, we, didn't, so, we didn't go on the end of season trip this year either, obviously. Um, so it's just a good good opportunity for the lads to get out of Adelaide because, you know, just to yeah re- refresh the mind and spirit and body and all that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's something you have to do maybe every year, um, but... Uh... Yeah, you know, I think getting away every now and again, just for a short period of time, it sort of brings the team together. And I thought it was a great mindset by the playing group as a whole not to have an end-of-season trip this year, uh, obviously out of respect for uh, what happened with John McCarthy. But I think it also shows the, the boys have got strong resolve that where they want to go and, and try and be really disciplined. And, yeah, it's quite exciting for, uh, you know, we've got a lot of hope coming into 2014, I think. It's a bit of an experience for the young kids coming in too, the recruits, even Ollie Wines, you know, leaving his passport around. You know, got to learn the hard way. But the kids are coming in. They've done a, done a week training over here, uh, obviously with Kane leading the pack. Then uh, after the, you know, just to keep them up, get overseas. and. Well, supposedly Kane's been quite an inspiration, Luke. He's... Um... He, he dominated the, well, didn't dominate, but he had a great race from Pittard's Diary with Mitchell near the end of the uh, training there and uh, and again came up trumps and still dominating the uh, the 3K trial. What can't this uh, super athlete do? I reckon he's Arnie just sent back in time or he just goes and goes. He's getting better as he gets older too. And I've been a bit of a cane knocker in the past, but um, it's good to see just the competitive side back to training, you know, it's not just a matter of running around the oval, it's, you know, to read that competitive spirit, you know, uh, winning and losing, it's now getting inbred to our footballers, whether it be running or kicking, hitting a crossbar, I think that may have gone by the wayside over the last few years, 
Um, but just to see the competitive side uh, prominent is really, really positive for us so far. It's good to see them enjoying themselves as well, I think. It's a... Um, what did you think of the... Uh... The crossbar shootout. Did anyone see the video footage? Angus Monfries, how how you can miss everything <laughs> from there? That is a disgrace. I'm sorry, Angus, but well, that is a disgrace. That's didn't little uh, was no fluke. <laughs> <laughs> didn't Jakey Need miss everything as well? Oh, not see. not by 15 meters, like <laughs> Monfries did. <laughs> oh, what what about Tom Logan? Uh, not even drop punting, deciding to do a check side. It's just the arrogance. Fantastic. And hitting the crossbar. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yep. And probably, and well, yeah, I'd say one of our lesser skilled footballers, but, you know, never judge a book by the cover. All right. Well, who needs to improve their fitness this year? Um, I've got a list of about four names, or three or four names, that I would love to see improve their fitness just to get to a bit of a, more of an elite level. Um what about you guys? Who are you really hoping to see improve their fitness this year? Myself. Uh, Hamish. <laughs> Myself. You want to get you want to get fitter, do you? Oh, without a doubt. But uh, that's all right. Better, easier said than done. But no, no. Um, Pipes, Hamish, Hartlett. Um, you know, when we drafted him, and his best footy is as good as anyone we've got in the list. Um, he's just got to get more, more consistent. I think adding pace to the side will also help him. Um, also with Chad's progression and, and Chad and Bokey's reputation now as all Australians, we might see the tag go from Hamish to Travis to Wingard, um, you know, to the other lads and hopefully just freeing, freeing Hamish up. Um, more 24 touch and three goal games like he did against Carlton and early on in last year, you know, that's going to lead us to glory. Um, Kane Mitchell. He started really well last year. I wouldn't say his fitness is an issue, but he still needs to improve. Um, I think that was really good, keeping him as a rookie this year. Um, you know, he was good. He was, you know, a good inclusion and all that, but the work ain't done. He's not there yet. So, yeah, both him and him and Hamish, I'd like to see uh, how they think, improve. Do you think in the pre-season... Um, we can get a bit more top end speed out of Hamish. When I when I watched him live this year and last year, it seemed like he didn't want to break into a top sprint almost out of fear of maybe uh, tearing his hammy. Do you do you think we can get that the fitness and the confidence in him to pick up a little bit of top end speed? I think it's just confidence, confidence more than anything. He's never been uh, never seen anything written about him being slow or anything like that. I think it's just the confidence in in those legs and his back. Um, just holding up. So he didn't didn't miss a game last year, I don't think. Um, and we just got to build on that. He's still 21, 22. Yeah, he's still still a baby. His best footy is still two years away, but be good to see him start building. What do you reckon about Hamish Macker? Do you because you sit behind the the box quite a bit in game day? Do you do you reckon he looks like he's afraid to hit that top end speed? I'm not sure. I just don't think he's got. A huge amount of pace. I think he's a, a consistent runner, but he doesn't have that real breakaway speed, um, like someone like a Broadbent does, for example. Mm-hmm. I think he definitely works hard enough. I think he um, he could probably improve his endurance a little bit more, um, just to maybe improve his consistency in between games. Um, 
Obviously, there's games where he has these massive games, you know, 28, 30 touches, and then the next week he'll get 10. So I think if he can improve that, um, he really turn into the player that we, we really want him to be. And he'll be um, 24 next year, Ranger. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he's still a kid, so, but he's, he's prime's coming, you know. He, I'd say yeah. 24 to 28 is when you play your best footy. I think the important um, thing is that he'll have more confidence in his body this year because even yeah. though he, he did a rib, um, you know, he, I think you're right, he didn't miss a game with injury this year. Um, and I think that was an important mental step for him, to be honest. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And we've seen his brother, uh, Hamish, Adam. You know, it's taken him years. But finally, he's had a, he's had a decent year um, with West Adelaide. So it, it's just it's going to come with time. I think uh, for me personally, Ollie Wines is the one that I'd really like to see improve his fitness. Um, I think he's a pretty fit bloke anyway. Um, he certainly runs a very good beep test. And no doubt um, the club was limiting his game time this year um, to try and not burn him out too early. Uh, but if you look at probably his two contemporaries who he's going to be um, probably related to for the rest of his career in O'Meara and Crouch. Um, Crouch was averaging 81% game time, O'Meara 83%. And Wines this year, only 71% in the games that he started and wasn't a sub. So I think if he can improve that up to, you know, where those other two players are, I mean, he could really reach elite level pretty early on. Three good players. Yep. And I'm glad you brought on the time on ground statistics because to me it seemed pretty obvious too. They sort of kept him intentionally off the ground quite a bit last season when they probably could have played him a little bit more. So yeah, you'd definitely. really be hoping he gets gets his time on ground up a little bit this year. Yep. Absolutely. Andrew Moore's probably the next one that I'd love to see improve his fitness. I think he's got elite capabilities in him. Um, I'd really love to see him push himself super hard this preseason. I'd like to see him kick more goals. I think more goals will come more confidence. And, you know, obviously, again, fitness, he's going to have to push forward while he's, put, while he's working inside. But his inside game was good last year. Um, just let's we're going to hit the scoreboard a bit more often. Yeah. Do you reckon he needs to improve his endurance a little bit? Is that what he should be focusing on? I think so. Yep. I think he's yeah. uh, especially at AFL level last year. He was more of that sort of bench tagger where he sort of he's on the mm-hmm. bench, then he comes on, he tags for a bit, he might play you know another role, then he goes off the ground again. I'd love to see him play you know again sort of that eighty to eighty five percent game time. I reckon if he can get that endurance into him um, and really push forward and, and you know learn to do some more gut running, he can get into some more goal-scoring positions. Would you would you guys like to see him hit the weights and bulk up a little bit more? You reckon his weight's about right now? I reckon his body's about right, I, I think. I reckon he's a, he's a very good size. Um, I think it's more about getting his endurance and gut running right. He's mm. going to continue to add size. Everyone does, you know, as you get older. Your body changes shape, and you're always adding size, strength, and, and kilos. Um, so I think it doesn't have to hit the, hit the gym, hit the weight so much. Just uh, it'll come with time. But uh, yeah, like like you said, he's a good size now. He's a good size to um, progress the way we want him to, and play the role we want him to. It's just a matter of yeah, getting the miles in the legs, and getting the freckles on the nose. That's it. <laughs> What about you, Rick? Who are some players that you want? Well, I know we had a, a mutual name uh, on our list, Jared Redden. Yep, I, absolutely. Uh, I really, endurance is obviously coming up as a, a common theme here, but um, 
you know, I think this is Jared's year uh, to really stand up and try and shine, especially as we've only got, what, two main ruckmen on the list? Yep. Him and Loby. Uh, so we're going to be pretty reliant on Jared, and I think he's shown enough, especially last year, uh, to show us that, you know, he can step up and, you know, he's going to be, well, he's going to be turning 23 in a couple of weeks' time. So, you know, he's just almost reaching his uh, physical peak. I mean, Loby was amazing last year with his uh, bulk and development physically um, from the year before. So I'm hoping to see that sort of improvement from uh, Jared as well. And I think he really needs to get his endurance up, doesn't he? Because we need to, and also his sprint work, because you'd think that we're going to be relying on him probably uh, to playing a little bit in the forward lines as well, I would imagine. I fear what missing Dubai, how, how far that's going to set him back. But well, I think with a good attitude over, over the Christmas break, you know, he does, does the hard yards and, again, gets miles in the legs. As long as he's on, mm. on, a, on a level term come January when they return, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be set, he'll be right. But um, missing Dubai is definitely going to hurt him. Yeah. He's one that I've got a big question mark over. I think, obviously, he's got AFL talent. Um, he's proven he can ruck well. He, he wins a lot of taps. He can go forward and kick a goal. Um, but he's just been nowhere near fit enough for AFL football, regular AFL football in his career to date. Um, and I think 2014 needs to be his year. I mean, two other players I had on my list, I'll group them together, and I've got one other, is um, uh, Benny Newton and uh, Brendan Archie. Um, you know, they've been in the system now a couple of years. They came in with injuries, especially uh, Newton. Um, and they, so they, I think Ben just really was able to string uh, the season together last year with a bit of confidence. And from all reports, uh, he's tearing up, or was tearing up in Dubai, and hopefully he can take, the end of season form from last year, package it with a great pre-season this year and uh, and really push for that in, one of those inside mid-playing roles. And uh, Brendan's just got to get it, keep concentrating, getting his body right, get, keeping his fitness up and hopefully uh, stringing a bit more solid SANFL games together. But I think it's a make or break year for both of those players. If Newton's fit, can we see him getting a game early on? I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. But who's so. he going to force out? I don't know. I think we've seen um, over the past sort of three or four years that the club isn't afraid to throw a young player in there early on. You know, who would have thought that Jake Knee would have got games so early? You know, someone like Jared Irons as well, um, yep. Cameron O'Shea. I mean, they're not afraid to do that. And I think Newton's at that mm. age. And, you know, I think he's got a, a pretty good size to his body. You know, he, he looks AFL ready. Um, it's just whether he can sort of stay on the park and get his fitness up. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see him sort of round one or two, um, if he has a good pre-season cup. Well, not that there's a pre-season cup, but the two pre-season games before round one. Isn't it funny, 12 months ago we were talking about that draft with Ben Newton and Aaron Young, you know, maybe being a bit a bit uh, questionable. But Youngie showed during the finals and Benny Newton showing through the latter half of the Sunfield season just persistence and, and some time um, it, it could end up being a, a very good draft, that one. There's, mm. there's potential there, for sure. Without a doubt. Well, I mean, the thing to remember is, I guess, uh, what he's not, he's a 92 baby, I think, so what, he's 21, 20, going 22, yep. and uh, and Archie's, well, he's not even 20 yet, mm. right? We took him as an, as an underage recruit, 
And, uh, you know, so Ben's just sort of hitting his physical prime. Brendan's probably still another year or two off of hitting his uh, physical prime, I think. But I think to get into the side, um, we're going to probably... I, don't know, I hope we don't have an injury, uh, but we're probably going to need to have an injury, for, especially for Newton, to push in round one or early in the rounds anyway. The thing I like about him is he could play on the wing, he could play on the ball, he could play half forward. Um, so there's there's definitely holes there, but saying that we've picked up Matty White and Jared Polek, uh, you'd think that they'd, they'd get a game as they've played some AFL footy early on. Um, you know, they'd probably be ahead of him at the moment. But like I said, Kenny, Kenny seems to really reward the blokes that uh, put the effort. He's creating a good culture. Um, mm. So I, I could see him getting an early game. We all want to see... Uh... You know, with our fingers crossed, you know, get right is Johnny Butcher. Can he have his first full pre-season? So far, so good, isn't it? I think there's forty thousand members that, or forty thousand supporters, that are that are praying that the kid becomes good. Yep. But it's good though we've got uh, Shaw and uh, Mitch Harvey now as well as a bit of backup. It, not not everything is on Butcher's shoulders. That's a big big load off his back already. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Macker. It's it's imperative that he does a full pre-season, in my opinion. I mean, he has to be injury-free and physically fit um, coming into uh, the first round, and hopefully... And we need John to be stepping up in 2014. We need that other other key forward, and he is the man, and he's been our high draft pick, and, you know, the pressure's on. We need him to uh, uh, deliver. He was spoken about as a number one draft pick, you know, the year before we picked him up, you know, future and potential number one draft pick. Um, so he's got undoubted uh, ability there. It's just a matter of harnessing it and making sure he's in the right frame of mind um, to to uh, develop and, and come along like we need him to. Once again, it's all about confidence, I think. I think we've seen over the last 12 months him lose all confidence in his body. Um, he stopped leading. He stopped sort of contested marking can't jump for the ball. Um, I think he really needs to get that back into his game. And I think a full pre-season could get that. Yep. And the other the other one I had on the list um, is uh, Cleary. Uh, I'm really impressed with, with him. And uh, I thought his SANFL form uh, wasn't too bad. And but his fitness levels seem to be pretty high with our with our running and the three came three K time trials and. I'm really hoping that he can add on some bulk over this preseason, keep his fitness up, and I'll be hoping that he might be able to uh, push and be a threat for the early rounds as well. I like him as a sling man. That yeah. 192, 193, I think he was. Um, can play sort of both ends of the field. Uh, probably seem as a, as a defender to start with, but you know, in a uh, as somebody that can swing forward, or I. I just like, I like the look of him, I like his makeup, I like his get up. He's got some, I like the cut of his jib. I love his size. He he has put on a lot of bulk this pre-season, or in the off-season. He looks ready to go. And I think he'll be the new age sort of Paul Stewart, someone that can play both ends of the ground, um, do it well. Um, I'm not sure he'll ever be a sort of a, a stay-at-home key defender. Um Look, I think we need someone that can sort of do both ends of the ground, someone like a Jake Carlisle, and I think Tom Cleary can do that. Well, we, we spoke about it before. Someone um, uh, mentioned it on the forum uh, about um, Tom maybe having a run-up forward 
as that ex- another tall player that we need and with his endurance. And uh, I think uh, I'd like to actually see that as an opportunity. But again, I don't know. I mean, from from my perspective, our finals team was almost our our best 22. And I know you want to sort of shuffle players out and move new players in to, to keep improving. But, you know, you'd think those boys that finished off the season would be getting first crack as long as their pre-season fitness uh, holds up. But, you know, if we can get some more bulk into Tom, I think it's a good opportunity. Isn't it great, though, we can talk about 10 blokes that might get an opportunity early on, etc., and all, like, be genuine, genuinely ready to play. And It's just good to have depth again. You know, have, have options. We haven't had options for a long time. Yep. Hope. Gives us hope as supporters. That's it. And um, I've been... Yeah, keep going, Luke. No, 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 no. no. I was going to go off on a tangent, so no, knock yourself out. No, you're right. I was just going to pass comment. Um, I listened to the uh, the audio of uh, Hinkley over in Dubai as well, and, you know, keeps winning my respect, and I think he keeps winning the respect of all the supporters. I mean... Uh, I think we we're very lucky to to end up with getting Ken as a as a coach, and he's uh, showing to be quite a clever uh, football brain. Absolutely, yeah, no doubt about that. The only other player I want to mention is probably Cameron Hitchcock. Can he ever get his body right? Can we get his hamstrings no. right? <laughs> if we do get him no. right, does he have AFL potential? I think he's got AFL potential, definitely. He probably wouldn't be, on the, he wouldn't be on the list if he didn't. Yep. He's got the skills, but I, I just, if his body's not going to be holding up now, I just, I just can't see um, when his body's going to be holding up. Yeah. To be honest, it's just, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to look up his uh, well, he's, age he's now. Probably a little bit lucky to still be on the list, but there's no doubt that if he gets his body right, I think he can play a lot of AFL. I think he's a player type that we need inside. He adds a lot of pace. Um, he's got pretty good goal sense. Um. I'd love to he see him. Deli- he can deliver at pace, and not a lot of bikes. Yeah. A player in AFL footy can do that. You know, he doesn't need to take those two or three steadying kicks. He's got the balance. He's got poise, and he can he can deliver at pace. He's got a lot going for him, but yeah, it's just that body and getting he, it right. His SANFL form is excellent. Whenever he yep. plays SANFL, he he always dominates. It's just a matter of every time he plays AFL, he pings his hamstring in the first ten minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is it rolls his ankle and surprise a few. I'm hoping he surprises a few. <laughs> Isn't he number 45? He was. He's number two now, I think. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's why I couldn't find him. <laughs> <laughs> He's been number two for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Has he? Yeah. Oh, I'm behind the times. So I was just trying to look up and see um, how old he is. So, I mean, he's still, what, third of the seventh 90. So, he's, only, he's still only 23. So, yeah. I mean, there might be a bit of hope for him I guess physically I thought he was a little bit older than that but um, yeah look I just I just don't have any conviction with his uh, uh, his body holding up to the AFL riggers I mean on the website they've got him as 68 kgs and you know, maybe he just physically can't handle it well his legs 68 kg isn't it just one of them <laughs> <laughs> um, not so much a player but I really want to see how Koshy's going to develop you know the development of David Kosh early on it started off preaching the story and, and you know, getting people on board. Um, it's good to finally have somebody that's got some national recognition. And it ended up in the year, you know, a lot of excitement. and But that probably was the, our year as well. But just the way he was able to sell our club, it was fantastic. 
I'm going to like to see the progression he's going to make as a AFL president uh, over the next few years as well. Sorry, guys. You're all right. Yeah. He needs a uh, good pre-season like everyone. Yeah. Well, he's been hitting the gym pretty well. I'd love to see his beep test. <laughs> no, I think you're right, though. I think he's, uh, you know, he's the perfect president for us. Um, yeah, he sells the club well. He's got a national um, name about himself. Um, I'd just love to see who he's got as the second major sponsor. Yeah, exciting. So what is... I've missed a fair bit of the Port Talk this week, so what's the rumour on the on the sponsorship? Not sure there really is one. I think um, Red Bull's been the name going around, but I think the club has sort of uh, squashed that. People have said, no, it's definitely not Red Bull. Yep, it's, it's exciting, though. And who would have thought two years ago that exciting and Port Adelaide would go hand in hand? That's it. Well, I mean, we have to be sort of exciting because... We're in the top 20 sporting brands uh, in Australia, as, uh, which was mentioned through in an article brought up by Doggy B uh, today. So, you know, that is some sort of credibility there that we've made the uh, top 20. It, does that hurt us if, if we're trying to buy our licence back off the SA to film now? Have we shot ourselves in the foot? Well, we didn't put it out. Mm. No, well... Thanks, Sydney Morning Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't think so. That's only, it's only a, a, someone's perception. I don't think there'd be any credibility on it. I think the uh, SANFL have got an unrealistic uh, expectation on what they think the uh, the licence value is anyway. And I, that's why it's taking so long. I remember I went to uh, an AFL, local AFL club function around July, August last year. And the comment was that the licences would be wrapped up in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then this year I went to the same function and I had the, the same conversation that the licences are going to be wrapped up in a couple of months. So, you know, it's a bit like two weeks in Port Adelaide Football Club terms. But uh, <laughs> it's um, it seems to be dragging its heels. And, yeah, some of the numbers that were, you know, thrown around were probably pretty unrealistic. I mean, you can mm-hmm. make a fair argument that really the Port Adelaide licence isn't worth much at all, is it? Because uh, they're technically they're paying us money uh, to stay in the game. So how could you be asking for a ridiculous sum of money for the Port yeah. Adelaide licence? Yeah. I think it's all based on potential. I, I, I don't know. Are we expecting that to be sorted out by the, uh, by the start of the season? <laughs> Two weeks, mate. Two yeah. weeks. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think if the ASA feels smart, they're going to be waiting to get good returns on Adelaide Oval, right? Get the high attendances from Adelaide. That's going to pump up the dollar value of both the clubs, uh, and then they're going to be able to try and extort a bit more money out of the AFL. So, do you guys are you guys proud of the we're in the top twenty brands? Does it mean anything to you guys? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> um, no, it's good that we're we're up there with, or we're outshining other rivals like you know, Melbourne and Western Bulldogs. But you know, uh, it's <laughs> I'm just contradicting what I'm saying here. Um, but no, it's it's good that yeah we, we are a, a, a brand of prominence and uh, people. Yeah, we got we got some backing behind us. It's not all doom and gloom like the Adelaide media make us believe. Lead us to believe. 
Um, well, what about the um, the test match that started today? Uh, did anyone pay attention to it on the TV and and seeing uh, seeing the stands and everything else? Is that is that getting everyone a bit more excited for the the footy coming uh, March next year? It looked good on TV. I was hoping to get down there, but I couldn't get down there. But um, come uh, come March when it's a finished product, I think it's going to be. Very, very exciting. From all yeah, the photos, yeah. I'm loving all the photos that get posted sort of every now and then. Um, you know, it's, it's nearing completion, and I think it looks bloody great, to be honest. I can't, yeah, wait, just, I can't wait to see AFL footy there. It's good that you're going to get, get onto a train, and 40 minutes later, you're going to be in the city. So yeah, it just Footy Park was just such a... Sorry, Amy Stadium. It's just such a headache to get out to. Um, yeah. It's going to open it up for the kids as well. When I say the kids, you know, the 18 to 25, 26-year-olds, even the older fellows, you're going to be able to go to the footy and head out to town afterwards. You're going to be able to have a beer and not have to worry about driving home and all that sort of thing. It's going to be... It's, it's nothing but positives uh, from where I sit. Yeah. Well... I can't see the, the negatives. The... I can't see any negative towards playing AFL footy at Adelaide Oval. I think it's the best thing to happen to this state in about 20 years. Yep, absolutely. And that probably says more about Adelaide itself. Yeah. Mm. They're still waiting to build on the Dulux site in Port Adelaide or O'Connell <laughs> Street. How long has that, uh, that building been knocked down for? And, yeah. But, no, it's, it is fantastic that there's plenty of excitement about the about the arena. And it looks it, it looks world-class. It looks top-notch. It is exciting. Are we worried well, at all about the uh, the northern end with the, uh, with the lack of grandstand there and the hill? With the winds? Yeah, or just the winds or, or the way it's going to be, yeah, I guess the way it'll play out. I'm not too concerned, well, to be honest. But... Well, the only concern I stuff. have is cricket is great. You've got 90% of people there pulling for the same side. It's going to be, it's going to have to be, uh, security is going to have to be up on the hill because you're going to have two mobs of people. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be like the SAFL days. You're going to have two <laughs> mobs of people not liking each other, giving plenty of banter to one another. It's going to be fantastic, but yeah, we're just going to have to worry. The security is going to be up. That's the uh, the only issue I have about the the northern area. Yep. I reckon the um, with the southwesterly or a southerly ball's going to travel a long way at the northern end. Yeah, come middle of winter, it'll be a nice funnel effect. I mean, I brought it up on, during the week. I just I I don't understand why we just didn't butt those um, new stands up against each other into a, a full horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I could just, just, I could imagine with the, in winter, especially with those southwesterly, southeasterly winds, um, you know, that's going to, making a set shot from, uh, from 50 out in a pocket is going to be bloody tough, I reckon, with coming with the wind ch- channeling through those stands. And, uh, I mean, it would have been a bit of extra seating as well, so I'm not yeah, sure, obviously. Full time, full pockets. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I don't. Well, I, I don't think I'd stand on the hill myself. It, it's not my thing, and I reckon I might chop up a bit um, uh, come winter time. But there's plenty of people that said that they're looking forward to being able to watch footy on the hill, and they still get that that um, that standing up element of the game. I know R E H and Ford will probably be happy about that, Macca. Um, yeah, I know they like to stand up at the footy, and uh, yeah, but uh, it'll be good. I'm quite excited. Absolutely. Cannot wait. I guess the other thing is, too, we're talking about the band. Did have a problem kicking a goal from... uh, Did he? Against Melbourne. 
Big, big well, talk. True. Very we're talking, true. We're talking about the we're talking about the bandwagoners uh, coming along and being sucked into the footy. I think their their feedback might be good. I mean, I've been talking to a few people and uh, a lot of some of my relatives, my nephews and stuff that haven't um, they like Port and members and uh, but don't really get to many games. They're they're all commenting that they want to they're going to be going along to Adelaide Oval and there's an element of ex- excitement and uh, the guy that comes into my office and does my IT work now he. Um, he was talking to me on Thursday night and saying that you know he's interested and he knows the Crows will be a sellout, but he reckons he'll come. He might go down to three or four games a year and uh, and just watch Port play just to go down and get the uh, the atmosphere of the Adelaide Oval. So I do think Adelaide Oval will draw in uh, more neutral supporters, which will be a good thing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, it's good. So it's back. It's alive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's bringing it back to the hub, which is what we need. Yep. And Adelaide's only going to profit from it too, you know. They're, they're investing in the city to bring people through the city, um, you know, shops and, and Oh, it's that. a massive flow-on effect. Yeah. Massive. Mm. Yep. All the pubs and the restaurants in North Adelaide and, and in the city centre itself, I mean, they're, they're going to skyrocket. And it's totally fantastic. Yeah, like Connell Street from... Uh, or even on Economy Street, to walk to North Adelaide from from Footy Park, it's a five minute wander. You know, it's it's downhill. It's yeah, it's fantastic. It's big big props. I mean, you had one option really at Footy Park, and that was <laughs> that was the lakes. And uh, <laughs> you know, if if you didn't like the lakes, then you were sort of stuck. Really, I mean, there's yeah. hundreds of options now. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, McDonald's. You could always pick up a yeah. Uh, True. There's Hungry Jacks okay. as well. Yeah. And, and it took half an hour to get out of the car park, so yeah. I had enough time to enjoy. But I love playing on that plane down at West Lakes. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, I had a birthday there once, I yeah. think. All right, well, we might leave it there for this evening. That's no, good. Ranger, great to have you on, mate. It's been, it's been a pleasure, actually. I've enjoyed it a hell of a lot. Oh, fantastic. Rick, as always, mate, great to have you on. Yeah, cheers, mate. Been a pleasure. Fishing tips? Just get out there and have some fun. I've been too busy bloody working and I'm getting frustrated. I'm counting down the uh, days to Christmas because uh, hopefully I'll be able to spend a couple of weeks out on the water. But um, one fishing tip is um, be careful of the avatar that you use on the internet because I got banned from a fishing website because of my avatar (laughs) and I'm a bit dirtier. I'm a bit dirty about that one. I mean, it's, it's everywhere, but obviously it's not good enough for certain fishing websites. Bugger. Yes. Oh, well, life goes on. That's it. And someone passed comment to New Vision, N-E-W. It's actually N-I-E-U, Vision. That's it. Good old sponsor by New Vision. That's the one. All right, boys, go to the power. Be good or be good at it. See you, boys. Ciao. Ciao.